What's up, world? What's up, world? What's going on, Beefy? Ah, nothing much. Just sitting here looking like this. Looking like this. Another day. Another day, another 50 cents. Yep. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest in the house tonight. A uh, pretty, pretty big man in politics, in my opinion, and he's done a lot of good things. And me and him went to separate schools together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we went to school at the same time. No, we went to separate ones together. <laughs> I don't think we did. <laughs> I think I might be a little bit younger than you. Just a hair. I'm only 23. I just had a rough life. <laughs> How rough? It was, it was pretty rough. Uh, I was fed good. That's about it. Yeah. As a testament to how horrible Kentucky is, if that's what you look at. No, right? no, no, 23. no. I, I just I tell, tell people God only made a few perfect heads and the rest of them he put hair on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but today we've got Mr. Andrew Cooper Ryder with us. Uh, Andrew is a, a candidate for the Kentucky State, State Treasury. Uh, really big office, really big deal, very important office. Yes, and sir. He, he's in the studio today to tell us all about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, run for state treasurer. Important stuff, as you said. Yeah. Um, I guess I could tell you guys about myself a little bit. Yeah, um, go right ahead. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a husband, father. I've got an 11-year-old son. I'm also a small business owner. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of your listeners may Remember me from one of my businesses, Brewed Coffee Shop in Lexington, that refused to shut down. But um, my first business was actually a commercial cleaning company. We still have it. Um, And and my wife and I started that a while ago, like seven, eight years. I don't know. A while. So for for those that don't know what you're talking about as far as the Brewed Coffee coffee thing, you you said that you would not shut down. Can you kind of dive a little in that? Yeah, yeah. So we had – so when the pandemic started – uh, we had two restaurants at a restaurant in Wilmore at the coffee shop brewed. Uh, we had our commercial cleaning company, and then we also have a tech company. And by uh, November of 2020, we'd already had to shut down one of the restaurants. And, yeah. you know, we were, we were struggling. Um, things weren't open to clean, so the commercial cleaning company's not doing well. And there was uh, issues. And Andy came in and said, well, we're shutting you down to indoor dining again. And Good old Andy. Yeah, I, we couldn't afford to do it, so we stayed open, and the health department showed up about three days into that second lockdown was like, look, you got you to close up shop. And what, um, did, what did you say? I told them no. Exactly. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, actually, I first said, um, I don't want to. I'm not going to. Yeah. And they said, well, if, if you serve another cup of coffee, we're, we're going to throw you in jail. Wow. And, and I, can, so, I can see uh, the the how mad you would get at that because these other places stayed open. Oh, yeah. Strip clubs, yeah. event venues, and stuff like that. No, I mean, that. yeah, abortion clinics, strip clubs. Yeah, they I all mean, stayed slot open. machines. I mean, let, let's look at the science here. Okay. Um, I'm serving coffee to mainly people under 30. That's my main demographic. At that time, numbers-wise, Yeah. Um, we had maybe, I think... I don't know, um, five, six deaths under 30, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, meanwhile, we've had thousands, according to their numbers, mm. apparently over 55. Well, you go on down to the slot machines, you see a lot of gray on that slot. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so it's like, that's the exact demographic that's most being affected. What do you think is killing more people? Yeah. Uh, a 23-year-old college student drinking coffee or a 60-year-old uh, pulling 
the lever at the slot machine. Now, smoking twelve packs of cigarettes. I, I know, and, and both may be. You know, yeah. I, I'm not saying either or should have been shut down. I'm just pointing out that that makes no scientific sense at all. Right. And so it was clearly be, being driven by political science, yeah. not yeah. not agree, medical I science. Agree well, a billion percent. The thing about it was that they they, they preached the science, the science, this, yeah. this, that, and other, but they didn't have no science to back that up. My, yeah, that was the opinion. thing too. They have they have nothing to really show for that. I mean, their reasoning behind, well, the slot machines are okay is because they're like, well, they can wear a mask and you can't while you're eating or drinking. But now they come out and they say, well, you masks don't work. Those yeah. masks don't work. Uh, mm -hmm. You need KN95 masks maybe to have some effect. And the issue is, is that the amount of restaurants, the entire reason restaurants and bars were targeted was because of the mask thing. Yeah. Like that's that, and like it misses over people. That's why they said they targeted them because you had to open up your mouth without a mask on in order to to partake. So therefore, a strip club was okay, yeah. but this coffee shop wasn't because yeah. of masks. One of the most and they don't work. No. One of the most insane things that I've seen in my forty-two years on Earth was people walking into a restaurant with a mask on. Walking to their table and then and taking, taking it, it off. off. Yeah, that's insanity. It it, it's, it makes no sense. There's no. no. It's just like there's like a common sense factor. You know, I was like, what? Who thinks common sense wise? Like, all right, I'm gonna store this dirty rag in my pocket, <laughs> and then I'm gonna throw it on my face yeah. to yeah. walk through the Home Depot. Um, <laughs> we we had a we had an issue here in our county uh, with which Danny. Uh, there were several parents that had went to the Board of Education with this same issue, mm -hmm. but we had a uh, a girl that we were both kind of raised up with. I I was raised up with her uh, uh, personally. I know her very well. Her name's Lori, and I think her son is five or six. <laughs> five or six years old yeah. and and they were making the kids wear the mask and his immune system like it literally plummeted. yeah it almost went away because yeah. of it my yeah boy, i mean it's just one of my boys brody actually uh kept a respiratory infection the whole, the time. whole time yeah he would take off school for like a week because he was sick and it would clear up as soon as he came back to school and put that on uh, it came back. But ultimately, me and my wife just made a decision for our children. They're not going to wear any masks anymore. Yeah. And this was during the mask mandate, so we just went against it. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, we, we said... So anyways, they, they threatened us with jail, and I turned to my wife, and I said, Honey, can I go to jail today? And she said, Sure, I need some alone time. Um, but no, no, no I'm kidding, kidding. She didn't say that. Um, Mine would. She, yeah. um, she said, You know what? You do whatever's right. And so, you know, yeah. we stayed open. Um, they, they called up the Lexington Police Department, called them out to arrest us. And wow. The, the Lexington Police Department, and this is why I'll always back the blue, yeah. said, uh, no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and so, you know, they did wow. their job. They protected my constitutional rights. They wow. protected awesome. that. They said, look, if we're not coming out to arrest that guy for serving coffee until you have a court order yeah. saying right, from right. a judge that's made a ruling on this yeah, to say great. that that's the case. And so we go to court. Um, the judge ruled because of the way the order was wrote. If you're a event venue, you could have up to 25 people. Yeah. And um, they really didn't understand the difference between an event venue and a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so the judge ended up just ordering that I could not cook or prepare food. So people could still bring food or coffee into the place, sit down, eat or drink it, but I couldn't cook and prepare it. Right. So I stopped, and then the food truck outside did start serving food. 
and okay. coffee up. And so that's how it worked. People right. would go out to this food truck that just showed up out of nowhere. That's great. Um, and, and they'd get food and, and coffee from there. Of course, the, the problem is the food truck forgot its coffee cups. So right. they would send them inside to go buy coffee cups oh. from us. Okay. And yeah. then... You know, they would get free coffee off right. the truck. Right. Yeah, out. makes sense. And so, you know, we did that. We stayed open. And, and you know, from that day forward, you know, I didn't set out in life with a goal to be in politics. Right. I mean, who starts a commercial cleaning company with yeah. that in mind, right? But right. I I guess both do deal with a lot of garbage and trash. So <laughs> kind of tells you a little <laughs> yeah. bit about yeah. uh, some experience dealing with, with that. But... Um, that, that wasn't really in the cards for me. That wasn't what I wanted. Uh, but on that day, I, I made a vow that I would do anything I needed to, sacrifice anything I needed to, in order to get this out of control and overreaching government back in line. Right, And right. you can read on Facebook that you have sacrificed. You uh, A fire was lit under you, and it's and it's took you where you are today. Yeah, I mean, we're still in court. I mean, I've, I've sued Bashir. Bashir sued me. We've won a few cases. Yeah, He's never reading. won one, but we we're still in court to this day. So, I was reading where they sent you a bill for forty four thousand dollars yeah. for the impeachment process. Yeah, yeah, that we ended up winning in court on that. Didn't have to pay a dime. That was but awesome. but yeah, that that's an example of some of the stuff that. Yeah, I mean, we as you said, I was one of the three people who filed a, a petition for Annie Bashir's impeachment, and for our troubles, uh, Annie Bashir sued us and tried to charge us forty four thousand dollars, um, and. <laughs> You know, we won that case. So that just tells you some of the some of the the rigmarole I've had to go through. But yeah. um, and you know, I, and I'm running for state treasurer for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't understand what the state treasurer does, but it's a very unique position. Yeah, it's it's the only position uh, in our government that can actually prevent the overreach, prevent Absolutely something can. from happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, everybody else responds. So, so you know, once the overreach has occurred, well, maybe the governor stops it, or maybe the attorney general sues, or maybe, you know, the, the ag commissioner steps in, or maybe your local sheriff or police can step in once government has, has violated your rights. The treasurer is the only one that can look at it and say, okay, well, that expenditure looks like it's a constitutional violation. That expenditure looks like it's an illegal violation. So yeah. we're not going to allow you to spend money on this in the first place. Yeah. Right. You can't um, do anything without money. That's right. No. no. And so it's a very, it's a big, you know, people call it a watchdog role. It's really the the preventative role. Yeah. It's, it's the most preventative role we have. And so a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and quite frankly, it also with that unique access, as you said, anything you do involves the money. And yeah. so, you know, a big, a big part of the office for me um, is about seeking out and finding all these places where government has just blown our money. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and maybe they're not illegal or unconstitutional expenditures in that sense, but they're still like either immoral, just things that shouldn't happen. And, oh, and yeah. you know, I've got some examples of this, of spending our states done. You can go on uh, my website there, Andrew, the number four, ky.com slash waste, Andrew, four, ky.com slash waste. You can see this waste report, but here's, here's a few examples from that. Um, so in, in Louisville, mm-hmm. there's a choir called Voices of Kentuckiana. It's a LGBTQ choir whose stated purpose is to spread LGBTQ acceptance and information through song. And the Kentucky taxpayer pays for that choir. We give them thousands of dollars a year. 
Really? Yep, through the Kentucky Council on the Arts that is uh, state-funded. Is, uh, is there a gospel group that gets state-funded? When, you... I, when I looked, I didn't find one. I, didn't, I, probably, I, I figured didn't find that you one. wouldn't. I figured yeah. that you That's wouldn't. I mean, over the, over the last year, here's another example. The Cabinet for Health and Family Services has spent $1.5 million researching racism and bigotry in healthcare. <laughs> to the point where now in our healthcare industry in the state, if you're in the healthcare industry, you've now mandated implicit bias trainings. Really? And these implicit bias trainings say that because you're a darn dirty racist, uh, <laughs> minorities are dying at higher rates because you're literally killing them. I mean, that's what they're teaching. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. you're a racist. You don't know it. But because of your racism, minorities are dying. Yeah. How dare you? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're teaching our healthcare workers. And wow. then we wonder why they don't want to work here. Wow. And we wonder why they're quitting at record rates. You're literally making them sit through a, a, a Maoist struggle session training about how they're racist and killing minorities. <laughs> Every year. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. But yet our money is funding this kind of garbage. Yeah. And, and, you know, we need somebody willing to do the hard work to call out this funding so it can be addressed to, to say, look, guys, this is out of control. Stop it where we can. Uh, where the treasurer can and then alert the legislature so they can address it mm -hmm. and alert the public too so they can apply that pressure to them to say look this has got to stop I, I think oh, yeah. I, I think that uh, that letting the public know what is probably the foundation of that yeah, oh yeah because transparency yeah. is always but very not uh, you know not just that but like if if I'm sitting here wasting a lot of money and I depend on you guys to keep my job yeah and you guys find out what I'm doing yeah. then I'm probably not going to have a job in no. four years or two no years or however long it you know well you, you, you'd love to see something too where the and, and this is if i could wave a magic wand and say how, how do how would you like it to perfectly work this is what i'd love is i'd love where our legislature does their budget every two years and so let's say um the cabinet for health and family services comes in and says look just hit your table you're everybody fine. heard that <laughs> if, if you're listening you wonder what that bang was it was my hand hitting you're the table fine. um look we need 20 million more in our budget or people will die, yeah. right? Because that's yeah. what they'll say. And instead, the legislature can say, sit there and turn and be like, well, it looks like you wasted $1.5 researching racism and bigotry that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like you don't need $20 million more. seems like you need your budget cut by $1.5 because apparently you just have that extra money to burn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how we get a government that starts policing itself mm -hmm. um, all throughout where they're aware that if I misspend or misuse, taxpayer funds it's not just going to be like all right now that yeah. seems that makes us real upset there needs to be real repercussions for this absolutely because that's that's part of the problem there's no repercussions right. they for just anything do what they they're doing do. yeah i mean and, and, and take jcps not to not to beat a dead horse but jefferson county public schools okay mm -hmm. now now remember uh half of our state general fund goes mm -hmm. to funding k-12 education Right. So, so um, a quarter of our state budget, or uh, about um, half of our non-pass-through state budget, which if you're curious to know what I mean by that, you can ask me in a second. Yeah. Um, but our non-pass-through state budget is spent on K-12 through education. So this should concern everybody, because they're using your dollars to do it. And this is what happened. So, you know, we've got this Senate Bill 150 coming down, this LGBTQ, uh, really, not really LGBTQ, but this transgender right. omnibus bill, yeah. right? Good bill. Fantastic bill. But, and this is coming down the pipe. And so they cancel second period and bring in Democrat lawmakers and the Fairness Campaign, which is a 
LGBTQ lobbyist group uh-huh. uh, to come in and help middle schoolers write letters to the legislature to advocate against the bill. Okay. Okay. So they cancel second period, bring in Democrats and a far left organization to train these activists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Young activists. Then on the day SB 150 was set to be overrode on the day that 19 people got arrested at the state Capitol. Yep. These, these crazed far left, crazy people, <laughs> Jefferson County public schools bust in three busloads wow. of students from their schools into the Capitol. But they've, I mean, they've been brainwashed LGBTQ and trained. Yeah, flags been, and everything else. They've yeah. been brainwashed and trained, you know. And they, you, you know, paid for it. Yeah. And you paid crazy. for it. And I paid for it. Yeah. We're paying for these schools to literally train and brainwash far left activists and then transport them uh, uh, to their protests. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, but Andy Bashir did veto that bill. Luckily that they, they was able to override, override that veto. Yeah. yeah. So we actually did an episode on that. Yeah. Uh, we done a podcast on, on that very bill. Yeah. But you definitely want somebody like such as yourself watching your bottom dollar, somebody that's a constitutionalist that, uh, has a say. Well, the, the good thing, the good thing about Jackson County too is um, we would probably. I don't know if you've ever heard any news or headlines or anything about Jackson County in particular. But, I've heard, but most uh, most everybody here are conservatives. Even. First county in the South to outlaw slavery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure was. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we have so much diversity that there might may be a handful of black people in Jackson yeah, County. There may be. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. I mean, honest, honestly, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, you know, I I I was unaware of the whole, you know, the 1.5 million dollars. <laughs> that is, I had an episode on 1.5 million dollars because we just got a, a, a this lady wrote up a grant. And uh, her name's Judy Smith. Uh, she is a sweetheart. I didn't even know it was her that had did it personally mm-hmm. until weeks and weeks after uh, that she had uh, she had uh, wrote this grant and got the grant money. But they're going to beautify the big city of McKee. Only one red light in the county. They're going to beautify mm. a strip of grass that is probably a 40 by 80 or 40 by 70 rectangle. Yeah. And they're going to beautify this thing. They're going to, uh, uh, I guess, the only thing they can do to the jail, because it's an historical monument um, as far as this county goes, the only thing they can do is paint it. They can't go in there. They can't put drill holes or nothing because it's historical value. They have to keep it original. So they they're going to spend a million and a half dollars. Uh, I think it's one million five hundred thousand and thirty eight. I think yeah. <laughs> I said it like seven thousand times yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's a lot of wasteful spending in government. Period. There and is. like you said, being the watchdog, in my opinion, would that's something that I would like to do. Is yeah. I'd like to I'd like to be able to go down there and get in there. You know, get yeah, as uh, this old preacher told this church one time, I'm gonna get in your drawers. And yeah. your dresser drawers, but mm. some people took it as, you know, your drawers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would like to know all the wasted spending in the county because we don't have, uh, we've got uh, probably the top uh, top of the line EMTs, fire department. It's volunteer. Underpaid. Yeah, underpaid, understaffed. They don't have the mm-hmm. right equipment, up to date equipment to do their mm-hmm. jobs. And I would like to find out the wasted money that's spent yeah. on just bogus stupid stuff which you know we're so small we're not going to have no there, there i doubt if there's even maybe three lgbq abcdfgs in this well county. not not if 
Not if the state has anything to say oh, yeah, about yeah, it. They'll, yeah, they'll get yeah, them yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll get you to more. They're working yeah. well, on I it. Mean, I, also, I thank God that we live uh, in this little small community, and there's probably not a school in this county that would let any leftist activist group no, there wouldn't. Uh, there, I don't believe the schools themselves would allow that. Uh, I can't say the same for the actual Board of Education out no. here. They seem to be of the left-mindedness. Yeah. We actually you know, fought them, and I went to a lot of the Board of Education meetings, and they outright just disrespected the public. Well, and, and you know, with, with some of the bills passed, address it. The, the problem is, is that some of them have been empowered to hide these things, yep. too. I mean, yeah. You know, you, you would like to think it doesn't happen, but we've seen instances in eastern and western Kentucky and conservative places where you see some pretty crazy things yep. go on. Yeah, you do. Because while the community's tight-knit and while the school's probably run by some pretty conservative people, the teachers are all still going to pretty liberal colleges. Yeah. And they're yeah. all still attending the same trainings. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, and, and they've got to be mindful enough to be able to sift through the, the BS and get to what they actually need to be <clears throat> teaching the children. But I, I think that hits on some of it, the treasurer's office. You know, there's there's yeah. a lot of other things that it that it does um, as far as that goes. I, I think it's important, too, as well. You know, in this race here, I'm the only uh, I'm the only like business owner that's got like employees and yeah. manages a payroll. I've got between thirty to forty employees. Depends on my mood that week, how many people I fired. Right, um, <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My wife does the firing. Um, <laughs> I blame everything on my wife as well. <laughs> no, no, no. This is real funny. So for the the beginning of my business, any business owner will tell you this. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to say something. Somebody's going to out there be like, snip this and be like, Andrew Cooper Ryder can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you this. Okay. So for the very early on of my business, I would, I was everybody. Right. But I didn't want to come across to the companies that I was dealing with that. I was like a one man show with like four <laughs> people. Like we started this company with like $3,000. Right. Yeah. And now we've got, you know, 30 or so employees over there and, you know, all these things. So I didn't want to come across as a small business like that, right, that right, small, right, right. you yeah. know, because I think people would think like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. So on my business cards, it said my name, Andrew Cooper Reiner, right? The company's called something that has nothing to do with my name, but it does have a name in it, which throws people off. Mm -hmm. And then... The, the my title was regional vice president because I wanted to seem important enough, yeah. but not like yeah. I had the final say. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, and and I kept that up for like a year or two. I never told the people I was dealing with <laughs> I was the owner of the company. Yeah. I kept this up for a while, and I remember I I had a new employee and I was in the office with him. This was a year or two later, and somebody calls up and they wanted to complain about me. Yeah. And so they call up and they're like, I, I, blah, 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 I want to talk to Andrew's boss. <laughs> and of course, I'd handed them regional vice president, right? Yeah, yeah. So I said, hold on a second, ma'am. And I grabbed, I grabbed this guy who's maybe two days. He'd been hired. I said, come here, come here. Just listen to her and just say, okay, ma'am, I'll be sure to fire him at the end. Okay. <laughs> and I handed the phone off to That's him, good. and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, well, well, I'll definitely be talking to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, you know, but that's that's just some of the stuff you have to do, right? But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so I'm the business owner, kind of run, not kind of running, I'm the business owner running, I'm, mm. I'm the only one who's 
managed a department the size of the treasurer's office. The treasurer's right. office is about 35 people. Before I worked for myself, I've yeah. managed departments of hundreds of employees before. I, I'm, you know, it's funny and this is weird, but I'm, I actually have the experience hiring and firing where it's on me to make that decision right. um, for a lot of positions, for high level positions. You know, there's, there's some people running against me that have never had that experience. I've never had to decide whether or not to hire or fire somebody on their own. Right. They've never had to decide somebody's salary on their own. They've never had to figure out what's a good price point in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's obvious because you look at the, the treasurer's office right now, you look at the salaries. I mean, you've got a communications director, which means they make tweets all day and write an occasional <laughs> press release. Yeah. And they're getting paid 80K a year. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, geez, that's like a part-time job for like a, a, a you know, a customer service person up front if or that, something. If that. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, that is shouldn't be a full-time gig. But, you know, so somebody who, who's got that kind of experience, because, you know, I, these these career politicians and Frankfurt elitists and political insiders, they only know how to fix problems by just chucking money. Yep, throw it's money like, at Oh, it. we'll just solve that by throwing Same money at the it. way it goes. Yep. They've yep. never had to be creative. They've <clears throat> never had to sit there and say, okay, what assets do we have? How can we reshuffle this? Without it, and, and you know, I remember this goes into small business. So, to give an example of what I mean by that, um, I was uh, so at the commercial cleaning company, we'd had our first big break, yeah, and we were taking on a project that was going to pay like a hundred, a hundred twenty-five k uh, a month for three months to complete this project. Wow. Okay, so that was a big break for us at the time. Like yeah. it would have doubled our revenue that year, right? Pay. And but in order to pay for this contract, I had to float about a hundred thousand dollars of payroll and mm. capital expenditure up front. And so we're like, well, what do we do? How do we do this? Everything else, right? And so our lines of credit only went up to like fifty thousand. So right, we were fifty thousand right. short. We had to figure this out. You don't have more money. That's not your choice. What we end up doing was we happened to have owned. Um, a fleet of about 10 vehicles. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was, is I, as I said, okay, well, if I get rid of these vehicles, I still need a way to transport people around. So I, I had heard about this, and so I went to Enterprise, and I cut a deal with them. And for $550 a month, that included your insurance and your maintenance, yeah, I yeah. could rent a vehicle for a month that could drive for 2,500 miles a month. Wow. And so, and it was 550 a month, so five grand a month. So I said, okay, so I sold off all of our vehicles, uh-huh. And I just went and rent like 10 of those vehicles and essentially use that capital expenditure up front. I sold off these vehicles in order to have that initial capital. And then for those three months, I rented the vehicles and then the money came back in, paid off the thing there. And then I bought those vehicles back that I needed. But, you know, that's an example of that's of, pretty slick of saying, how do I solve this problem? Right. Yeah. I can't go out and raise taxes. I can't just go out and pull out a loan from somebody else. But we've yeah. got to get this project done. How do we do it? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of problem solving small business owners can bring. And that's the and I'm the only person. That's a good that can point. Bring I mean, the, it, it really does seem like uh, poli- career politicians. They just they just reach into that money bag every chance they get well, and, and it, stuff like that. And, and they and, love and, expanding their power. Right, right. right. Instead of looking for alternative ways to fund something or do something to to use the money that they right. already have, or even just say, 
well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. maybe this is wasting money. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this isn't government's role, which is why money isn't solving it. Like we see this right now. We see, we see these career lifelong politicians, whether it's a them just wanting power or what have you, they sit there and they try to get government to replace a community. Right. They try to get government to replace a parent. They try to get government to replace God. Yeah. And they can't do it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much money they throw at it. They can't get the problem fixed. Kids can't read because the parents don't care enough to get involved in the kid's life. That's right. There is yeah. no amount of money you can spend to fix that. Amen. No, there isn't. There and so not. they're literally like, we just need more funding for the schools. No, you need better parents. Yeah, yeah. And you <laughs> need a culture that says, we've got to hold the parents accountable for this. Yeah. We need a community that looks at the parents and says, hey, look, your kid can't read. Like, yeah. can yeah, we you, get this addressed? You need to work with your child just a smidge more yeah. than 15 minutes a week and letting the video game do all That's the That's a sad world that we live in. Most parents, I mean, a lot of parents, I ain't going to say most, but a lot of parents, they just don't put forth any effort into their child's education. Well, they've been told they don't have to that's yeah. exactly right. i mean the school's here i mean look at this okay let me flow something by you okay all right i was talking to somebody mm -hmm. and i said you know what's weird to me is that so we've got people on food stamps now this earlier i talked about pass-through money so the state administers federal programs food stamps medicare medicaid uh, things like that yeah. right and then the state administers it but they receive the funding of it through the federal government, and that's about twenty-one uh, billion dollars a year. Okay, so, anyway, so we've we've got this food stamp program, mm -hmm. but we also have this free and reduced federal lunch program, right? Yep. And I said, you know, during the school year, if the kids on free and reduced federal lunch program, why do they get the same amount of food stamps? Right. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was just a <laughs> yeah. casual question I threw out there, and I was talking to somebody who was like an expert in this stuff, and they said, "Well, we talked about that, but we found that." Um, if we did that, the parents wouldn't enroll the kids in free and reduced lunch, and then they wouldn't get fed. Wow. And I'm like, so you're <laughs> trying to just be the parent. Like, that's an awful parent. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. seems like the problem to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem doesn't seem to be, hey, let's blow more money here. Uh -huh. The problem is, is, hey, we've created a, a system that makes it to where you don't even have to be a good parent. Right. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just, so I true. mean, and that is so like, it, it runs rampant in our little community, what you're just talking about. People, it does. You know, they literally depend on the government around here because there's no yeah. jobs here. There's no, you know this. Yeah. There's nothing here yeah. that, I mean, you have to drive an hour each way just to make enough money to provide for your children or uh -huh. you would, I mean, I'm one of those food stamp babies, you know, yeah. single mom, four kids. My mom done whatever she could possibly do to raise us. She sold drugs. She'd done whatever. We drawed food stamps. We, I mean, we done every bit of that, and uh, literally dependent on daddy. And daddy is the government, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, when it comes to mm -hmm. that, and you take people that that they're more than able to go get a job, but no, we don't have to because daddy's going to take care of yeah. us. Well, people are of the mindset that they're okay with barely getting. Yeah, by just barely. Anymore. No, well, they're fine with that. And, and and that you know my so my family all comes from poor white Appalachian. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, my, my parents were one of the two who got out of, uh, out of that community there that I, they, I'm not going to sit here. I didn't realize we grew up not, not having super a lot of means. Like you don't realize it. Right. You're looking back and you're like, 
Did I grow up poor? (laughs) You know? And and so I was like, wow, I I thought we were better off at the time than (laughs) I realized. No mommy and daddy struggled, honey. (laughs) Like and and I realized too, like early on, especially my son early on, and I was like, you know, you don't let your parent your kids know. It's a sign of good parenting that you're not letting your kids know that you're you're struggling or something like that. You don't need to put that on your parent on your kids. But you know, they came from that. And I I one hundred percent get that. I mean, I really do. I understand that, hey, look, there's no jobs here. So they get caught in a trap where there's this other option Mm. of this government assistance out there. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem, though, is that, and this this is a big problem. This is a huge problem. You see, we see the government all the time. And they talk about how they're creating jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like Andy Bashir says, well, yeah. creating jobs. First off, I find it laughable that all these people who have never created an, a job in their life yeah. are somehow now creating jobs. Yeah. But uh-huh. I'll give you an example. They're putting together that battery plant. And they're like, oh, that's going to bring in five to 7,000 jobs. We're creating five to 7,000 jobs. So hold on here. Unless every single one of those people are either A, coming from out of state, or B, fall into the 45% of Kentuckians mm-hmm. that are of the ability to work that are not trying to work, you are not creating anything. Right. No. You're trading jobs. Yes. yes. If anything, you're taking jobs from your small mom and pop shop. Yes. And yep. you're subsidizing large factories that, that we're paying for the training on them at, at our local community colleges. A lot of times that's a deal that's made. Yeah. The taxpayer's paying to train the employees. And, and so the small mom and pop shops, they can't compete with that level of pay because they're not getting the taxpayer subsidies right. like yeah. they are. And, and so you end up putting these businesses out of business. You're not creating anything. You're actually destroying yes. a, 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 a lot of small employers to give it to one large employer that then if they pack up and leave will decimate your economy. Yes. But, Absolutely. Putting that to the side, though. Putting that to the side. (laughs) I know. You can get me going. Don't get me going. But putting that to the side. But they talk about creating jobs. Well, the issue isn't jobs, per se. To your point, yes. You probably, you you don't have too many jobs in this area, clearly. It's a small town. Yeah. But Berea, Richmond, what is that, 30, 40 minutes away? Maybe. Roundabout somewhere. I guarantee you. There is uh, there's a gas station with a now hiring sign up. Oh yeah, within 20 minutes of this town, guaranteed, guaranteed. And and yeah. so the problem is is that we sit there and we say, well, you know, there's not a lot of jobs. Yeah, I'm with you. If 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 unemployment, if if there was no open jobs, and unemployment was like 10, 11 percent, mm. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. The problem is that's not the situation right. we're in. It's not. Right. There's plenty of jobs out there. Right? And, and what we see going on is a lot. And, and this is a big problem with our policies. Going back to what I said about government replacing a parent. Yeah. yeah. This is what's going on is back in the day when you knocked a girl up, yeah. Yeah. you got married. There was a yeah. shotgun wedding. There was yeah. a term for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, you're a fool. Mm-hmm. You're a fool. Play the system. That's yeah. what they tell you. I mean, you know, you're a single mom. You can get your food stamps. You get your Section 8 housing. Uh-huh. You get all these things. About the only thing you don't get, unless they start collecting uh, um, child, child support, support. Is, is cash. Yeah. yeah. But then, well, the father, he can list his address as his parents' house, live with you and yours. He can make, you know, whether it's 60K a year, 150K a year, doesn't matter how much he's making. Yeah. He can make as much as he wants. And contribute, but you guys aren't married. Right. Yeah. Which means that it's very easy for him to leave you. Yep. Or you to leave him. 
when somebody gets their panties in a wad. Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. <laughs> it happens every day. And, uh-huh. and who suffers there? It's the kids. Yep. But it's yep. because the, the and they think to themselves, oh, I can do it. The government will take care of me. Yep. And and there's no such thing as we need to work it out for the kids anymore. Yeah. No, the government is it, it seems to be seems to be everybody's uh, plan B. Right. Uh, a plan A for some people, but it's definitely a plan B for a lot of people. They just say, well, Uncle Who Sam cares? will take care of yeah, me. Yeah. If I don't want to work, why? I mean, a lot of people look at it as why work? Yeah, why? Well, and what's and what's real crazy is we talk about the lack of jobs in the area. Like we talk about, let's, let's talk about coal mining jobs leaving the area, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the government's fault. Yeah. Uh-huh. 1990 Clean Air Act by the federal government made it to where almost every single coal mining job moved from Kentucky to Wyoming because we have dirty coal and they have clean coal. Yeah. Something Mitch McConnell voted for and said, I know it's going to decimate the coal industry in Kentucky, but yes. But you can depend on me. Right. (laughs) And so so it it literally, I mean, they they knew it so much that they created the coal severance fund because of it. (laughs) Like, they literally were like, yes, it will decimate your economy. Yeah, Uh yeah. Well, we feel a little bad about that. So we did destroy it. Mm -hmm. But don't worry. We're going to set up a fund that we control that will then... It'll it'll help build your area to a new economy. Yeah. yeah. And well, fifteen thousand nine hundred and eighty six dollars is the economy in the big city that you drove through to get here, the big city of McKee. Yeah. That is the average household income in the big city of McKee. Fifteen thousand before taxes. Yeah. Nine hundred and eighty six dollars <laughs> a year. Right, and and that coal severance money really did a lot no, to it did. rebuild the yeah. area after they yeah. took the coal jobs, and and I think that's. I think that's a part of it is is we're sitting there relying on the government to solve our problems, but our problems were created by the government in the first yes. place. Yeah. It's like somebody broke into our house, they broke our leg, we're afraid to kick them out because they might take the crutch with them that yeah. they've given yeah. us. Yeah. And and meanwhile, though, the crutch is never allowing us to heal and get back to full strength. That's exactly Absolutely right. right. Absolutely right. Uh, government overreach is a huge issue, has been my whole lifetime. Uh, it needs to stop. It really does. Yeah, and I think I think it's it, it's a culture shift where we've got to say, hey, look, um, government. You know, when not just us, we say we don't want government to solve our problems, but when we see a politician mm. coming in and saying things like, um, oh, geez, we need to we need to help build jobs in the area. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot like wealth redistribution terminology yeah, to does, me. Yeah, it does. You know, yeah. uh, that sounds a lot like a problem to to me in that way. And, and and you hear that time and time again. I mean, I've got an opponent in this race. He's this. He's running against me as a Republican, but he's this big, far left BLM activist type kind of guy. That, yeah. that he he put together that anti racism KY group, and he hates uh-huh. Trump, and he loves CRT and all these things, right? He's, yeah. he's awful. He's horrible. Of course, the Uniparty is going to dump money behind him. Oh, but, yeah. But uh-huh. we'll see what happens there. Anyways, but putting that to the side, one of the things he talks about is he says, I'm running for Kentucky State Treasurer because my parents lived the American dream. He didn't even live it. Right. You know, his parents did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> My parents lived the American dream, and I want to make sure that I protect the opportunity uh, or protect the American dream for all citizens. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm running for treasure. Yeah. That sounds a lot. Uh, let me ask you what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah. 
protect the American dream for all citizens? Don't we all have access to yes, the American it's dream now? We're supposed to. Yeah. So, uh, we mentioned that in another episode. You know, the pursuit of happiness and the American dream should be everybody's right. Is everybody's right. But what do you mean by protecting it? Because my American dream doesn't involve the government. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what is your American dream where the government needs to get involved? And many times what they're talking about there yeah. is they're saying, well, look, we need to create special loan programs for minorities. Mm. Minorities don't have generational wealth. Whatever that means. I didn't think we had generational no. wealth growing up either. You, you just it. said that you grew, you grew up poor and didn't know. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, and and we there's all did sit in this room. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like it's like and it's funny too because he, you know, one of the things they talk about, and this is something that, um, you know, he talks about in his speech. My opponent he talks about generational poverty. He wants to fight to end generational poverty. And, and he's talking about how, um, and then he did all these presentations on how black Americans have more generational poverty and they need special programs in order to help them build up wealth. Now, yeah. this guy is black. Yeah. He tells a story. His, his father was a college professor and his, his mom was a labor and delivery nurse. My dad was a mowing crew leader yeah. when yeah. I was a child, and my mm -hmm. mom was a trucking company dispatcher <laughs> like, yeah, right. you know now of course they they've went to college off and on and worked their way up and magically somehow once we left the house they suddenly had money but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. funny how that works <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the point is is that um you know i didn't have generational wealth that paid into me my parents didn't they gave me a good work ethic yeah yeah they gave me a place where i knew i would never necessarily have to live on the street that's i really wanted it. yeah it is. <laughs> unless i really wanted to right or unless i i, I knew i could always go home oh, don't yeah. get me wrong yeah. yeah but it's not like they gave me tens of thousands of dollars right. and paid for call it nothing like that yeah. And so it's like, what do you mean generational wealth needs to be built up? Seems like you had more generational wealth than I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're the minority. And you're the minority. Yeah. It's yeah. not about skin color. No, it's no, not. It's but not. you're throwing it in there yeah. as an excuse as to an excuse. redistribute wealth. Yeah. And it's and that's what we see from these government people. I'm here and I'm here to solve all your problems. It's just I just want you to say, look, I I, I just want to hear a politician one time, one time say. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can't do anything about it. Right, right. I'm just the government. I can't help you with that. That's not my role. Yeah. I'm here to make sure you don't get murdered. I'm here to make sure if you sign a contract with somebody, it's enforced. I'm here to make sure that your property doesn't get stolen from you. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's all I can do. And if it's not in those categories, or if you're the federal government, I'm here to make sure we don't get invaded by a foreign army. Right. And, I don't, and that's it. I don't understand why any politician would go in making false promises that they know that that, that they can't achieve, and deal with the backlash at the end of it. I don't understand that. Right. You know, it happens all the time. Ever, uh, you know. Well, they don't. They don't actually do. deal with the backlash, though. No, they don't. They, they don't. People right. love it. People. Right. I mean, this is the problem, yeah. right? I mean, people. They've got people to deal with it for them. I mean, people <laughs> never sit there, and this is, I think, part of the problem. One day, I'm going to write a book called "How You Broke Our Political System," and it's going to be pointing at you. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but this is the problem, right? Is that I, I, the other day? And I'll, we'll end on this little tidbit here. Okay. Um, the other day, I was shooting a 30-second ad. Mm -hmm. I turned to my camera 
guy, whatever. I'm kind of the director, I guess, but mm-hmm. he's the camera guy slash producer, editor, whatever. And I turned to him and I go, this sucks. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? And I said, it sucks that a 30-second ad played it maybe 1,000, 2,000 times is what people vote on. Yeah. The same 30-second ad. I said, it sucks that a little 6 by 9 card, and if I send you enough of them, you might vote for me. Because the problem is, is when you vote that way, the only way to afford those things is through money. Mm-hmm. And you're not getting money from donors. They're getting money from investors right, yeah. that want to pay off that you're paying for. Yeah. But yet, because we are convinced by sending all that mail and all those ads, it's what causes us to vote for them. Right. If that didn't work, they wouldn't do it. And so it's almost like we as voters have to sit there and say, well, hold on here. I've received like five mailers for this person. <laughs> yeah. I am seeing their ad every commercial break. <clears throat> Who's paying for this? Right, yeah. right. And I think that's the most important question we got to start asking about our politicians. Absolutely. Who is it that's giving them the money? Mm-hmm. And if they're getting a lot, I should be really suspicious. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Really suspicious. I, that's so. a good question to ask anytime. Where's your money coming from and yeah. what do they want you to do? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you coming by. Uh, really informative stuff, and uh, I wish you the best. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, hopefully uh, what you've been talking about uh, – you use a lot, you know, a lot of big words in here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I've just got to be me. You've used a lot of big words, but I'm telling you, you know how to say them. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, mean, I don't it, just use them. I know what they mean. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I think it's awesome, man, that, uh, that you've took time to come and be with us and, and yeah. talk to our, uh, we don't have, you know, the Joe Rogan, you know, 50 billion people. Well, you don't? No. Sorry. Why am I here? I feel so lied to. But, but, hey, it's coming. But yeah, a lot of coming. but a but a lot of small <laughs> towns and things like that, you know, uh, they need to be informed about what's going on. And Absolutely. A of, and yeah. a lot of people like here, you know, our voting system is popularity only. There's no I, I don't think there's ever been a candidate in Jackson County where we're at that has ever had any kind of policy. It's well that's Bob's boy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. on the big stage it's a lot different, man. You've got to yeah. be able to make these promises. And, and keep them right and, but but my thing is is exactly what you said you're you're answering questions that all of us have you know like where's the money coming from that is suspicious yeah but most of the time we don't do we don't even look at that and it's it, it's so people the, our listeners don't even realize how personable you are before this interview <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. you're really personable and uh i feel like i could talk to you about anything and uh, I think that the listeners, uh, I, I, I honestly think that the listeners are going to be well informed by what you're talking oh, about. Absolutely. Because you talked about stuff that I, I wanted to I wanted to be like, well, I need to ask him questions about this, this. And then I'm like, well, he just answered everything. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah, that, that I didn't. Literally, you, know, you, you answered everything. I know. I just ramble sometimes. But that, that's a good, I'm the same way. I, you know, whether it's informative or not, I just ramble until I get my point across. Yeah, so, there you, you go. Know. We'll but, get there eventually. Yeah. But the point is, is there needs to be change. There has to be change. Yeah. We need to look at both spectrums, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I'm uh, I'm leaning uh, towards your way, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is uh, the second time that Mr. Cooper Ryder has visited Jackson County to do something like this. I feel I feel like that's a real testament to who you are. Yeah, it really. And we is. really appreciate yes. it and so all the information that you've given us. And I, I know that there'll be a lot of people listen to this and get a lot out of it. Well, just remember, vote in May. Vote for Andrew Cooperator for treasurer. Yeah. I don't care if you leave every other place blank. Yeah. Just vote for Andrew Cooper for yeah. treasurer. Everybody visit his Facebook page, Andrew Cooper Rider for Kentucky State Treasurer, and also his website, Cooper Rider, the number four ky.com. And uh, if you've got any questions about uh You can also go to character. Andrew for ky.com. Andrew for ky.com? Yeah, you okay. can go to that too. That's probably easier for you to okay. spell at home yeah. than Cooper Rider. So uh <laughs> he's been in in, fi- in some pretty big uh, fights with uh, with uh uh, politicians and he's done some good work for yes me. sir keep your head up thank you keep, keep fighting yep. well i guess i guess that's what's up world yeah appreciate it everybody thanks for listening <laughs> thanks <laughs>